Hello and welcome to Waypoint Church Online. My name is Jim, one of the leaders of the church. It's a real privilege to be able to um, speak to you today. It's my turn today and I'm really excited to be able to unpack the next part of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. Um, just before we carry on, if you're part of the, um, the, the kind of church family at Waypoint, then you would have received an email uh, this week with a link to worship playlists. It's really important to be able to spend time worshipping and praising God. So you can either pause me right now uh, or you can uh, perhaps after this talk, you can uh, spend a bit of time worshipping, giving worth to God. Um, I'm going to hand over to Hannah in a minute, who's going to give us our reading for today uh, from Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 to 23, and then we'll unpack the talk. But I just want to pray first and uh, we'll just ask God to be present as we spend time looking at his word and unpacking it as well. Father God, thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you that you meet us uh, even in this very different format and uh, perhaps in ways that we don't even understand. But Father, thank you that you remain the same, that your desire is for us to know you and to be shaped by you, Father. By the power of your spirit, Lord, I pray that you will just um, open our hearts and our minds and our ears to what it is you're saying, what it is you're um, prodding and prompting um, as we engage with your word. Just um, bless this time we spend together in your powerful name. Amen. Uh, This is the Bible reading of Daniel 2, 1-23, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers to tell them what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream is and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time, because you realise that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time, so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter for his friends, 
Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God for ever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells within him. I thank and pray you, and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Well, so we're into week two now of living in Plan B. This new series looking at the character and the life of Daniel. Mark unpacked chapter one last week, and today it's my turn to unpack uh, Daniel chapter 2. Now by the end of Daniel chapter 1 we had worked out that Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar had captured Daniel, taken him out of what he knew and basically had changed Daniel's name and tried to force feed him food he didn't want to eat and I've got two kids I know that, that doesn't work very well but basically eradicate Daniel's identity, what Daniel was used to, uh, what Daniel knew and his culture. Um, and then in chapter two, we kind of get this kind of really cool insight how, into how Daniel was able to still live out his life of, of faith uh, and uh, trust in God in an environment that was very um, unexpected, right? Hence the title of the sermon series. Now, I'm really aware that uh, there's so many parallels right now to perhaps many of our lives where we're living in plan B. Uh, and uh, I don't, we don't want this series just to be about coronavirus and lockdown. This is about applying things that we can take forward into other areas of our life, other times of our life where perhaps um, it doesn't quite work out how we think it would. So chapter two, chapter two is a big chapter. Uh, that's why we only read the first, verse, uh, first 23 verses. If you're thinking, so what happened beyond chapter 23? In basically in a nutshell, um, God revealed the dream to, to Daniel, who then went and interpreted it and told uh, it to King Nebuchadnezzar, who was so wowed by Daniel, basically worshipped him, got his people to worship Daniel. Daniel was elevated alongside his friends to a higher position in office. That's it in a very quick, um, very quick nutshell. Um, that's the gym version. So, like I said, there's lots of things and, and stuff and characters in this chapter, but I just want to encourage anyone out there who perhaps is feeling... Um, like life really is difficult in plan B right now. Daniel chapter two is a great chapter for knowing and restoring your faith in God, that he has got a bigger picture, a bigger narrative going on, that he is in control of world events, that he also knows the pain that you might be going through or the uncertainty or the fear that you're going through right now. He sees you. So I just want to say that to anyone in particular who might be struggling. Today, today is all about focusing on this one question, which is this, when life doesn't go the way you expect it to, to who or to what do you turn to? To who or to what do you turn to? So, um, to who or to what do you turn to? And um, it's really kind of, in my preparation for today, I kind of looked, really studied the, the character or the personality of Nebuchadnezzar and the personality of Daniel to see how they both interacted and reacted to um, uncertainty, to 
things they did not expect, things they could not understand. So for Nebuchadnezzar, the reason he lost so much sleep, he had insomnia over this dream, is because back then they believed dreams were messages from their God. So he was like anxious to know what it meant. Because some of us might be thinking, it's just a dream, chill out. Like I had, I had two glasses of red wine last night and I had a dream, it's just a dream. No, this was significant for Nebuchadnezzar, hence the reason why he was so um, worked up about it. Um, and that's why if you kind of fast forward to verse 10, you see this um, kind of this evolution of his, I guess, his frustration and his anger as well um, when he thinks the wise men are just stalling him. OK, because usually back then practice would be that the king would have a dream. He would tell his wise men, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the um, magicians what it was in the dream. And they would go back to their books, their study that they've kind of they've been training for this moment. And uh, then they'd come back and interpret the dream and he couldn't, they couldn't do it because he couldn't give them, he didn't want to give them the information. He wanted them to tell him what it meant. So what I find in verse 10 is a really, really interesting verse is where they say to the king, look, no one except the gods can tell you your dream and they do not live here among people. And when I read that, I thought, I just thought how amazing it is as a follower of Jesus that that isn't our situation, right? That is not our reality at all. That if you follow Jesus, you, you, you don't have a God that is just distant and steps in occasionally and when it suits. Okay, you have a God that is in control of world events, a God that's in control of your world and your narrative. But also, and it's so important to remember that you have the Holy Spirit, you have God within you, leading you and loving you and developing you and guiding you and then I thought and then I thought how easy it is to completely forget all that truth <laughs> especially when life is in plan b and for some of us you are focused so much on the the problem the pain the anxiety the worry um perhaps you can't sleep a bit like Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> or perhaps it is the monotony the the, the kind of like well oh, it's the same routine every single day and it's really easy to forget that unlike the wise, so-called wise men in this story, uh, unlike Nebuchadnezzar, who has this God that is distant, we have a God that is wanting to and is, is right there with us all the time. But we can forget the imminence and the intimacy of God, the Holy Spirit. And so we kind of have this weird tension where we wake up, we get through the day, we get through whatever it is, we, we work on our own kind of mentality, we try and deal with the problems ourselves. Um, and we kind of we have this detachment from God um, because I think often we just kind of want to solve it ourselves. Right? We want to know we want to we want our own. We, we find our own securities. We find our own strengths. We love to have answers. It's human nature. Right. Like Nebuchadnezzar, he needed the answer straight away. He wanted the answer right now. I want to I want to know whether in two weeks time this is over, four weeks time this is over. We need to know because if we know we can manage if we know we have security, right, we have social certainty, we have a sense of, of what's going on right now. I think it's really important to understand. I think often that's why we go to our own answers and our own solutions. Do you know that since coronavirus, since the lockdown, the most hashtagged thing um, is, has been a can't sleep, which I thought was quite interesting because of the whole link to Nebuchadnezzar. So then I thought I'd check out Google and see what the top three, um, what the top three, uh, Google searches are, and they are, uh, can, can I get pub food delivered, uh, alcohol delivery in the local area, and how long is this going to last for? I find it really interesting to, 
to, to, to, to read how people, when routines are ruptured and things are changed and we're living in, in plan B, how we scrabble around for quick solutions, how we scrabble around for things, for certainty, for answers, for, for, for security. Now, your wise men may not look like a sorcerer and a magician or an astrologist. And, and if you, they do, then who are you and where do you live? But it could be other things, right? I, I'm loving seeing some real positive things, some real really good, healthy things that people are turning to to, to get through the day or to, um, to help them in, in times of uncertainty, especially at the moment you're seeing some, I see some great stuff on social media, people building a shed out of stuff that they found and people pressure washing their patio for the sixth time, that kind of stuff. That's great. Or endless Zoom quizzes, which are fun. Join us this Friday and every Friday if you get a chance. Um, but also, I think there's, there's also, um, as we begin to scrabble around for answers when life is in plan B and it's difficult, there's there's bad habits that we can we can easily fall into and i'm i'm really aware right now that domestic abuse cases are are way higher than they normally would be i know as well from reading a couple of articles that um that pornography use is is 28 percent um higher than it than it ever has been at this time you know pornography sites are actually giving away free membership which is disgusting but i think I think it's it's kind of human nature to want to have an answer when when life is not going as we as as we expected. We want to know, don't we? That's why people spend thousands of pounds on psychics and fortune tellers, and they read their zodiac signs in the paper, and they want to know: Will I be happy then? Will my payment finish then? Is it going to give me an idea of what the future holds? And um, and so we start to build things, our own little plans, our own little solutions and stuff. We start to build our security on perhaps our house or the money we've got left in the bank or our profile or our jobs or and some of these things are not bad but like there's got to be more to it than that and that's really why I want to bring Daniel into it because for him it was right when life was in plan b there were certain things that Daniel did that I think that we um, really can learn from see for Daniel when when life was in plan b when he'd been captured his name changed he was facing death he still was devoted to God. How can we do that when we're in plan B? Daniel had a faith first attitude. He had a faith first attitude. And I want that for us. I want that for me. So often I can do faith last, right? When I'm at the end of my plan, when I'm at the end of my wisdom, at the end of my strength, I don't think it's a coincidence at that point that I find the beginning of God's plan, the beginning of God's wisdom, the beginning of God's strength. I need to learn to flip it around. That's what Daniel did. You know, that's what Daniel did. I remember sort of 15, 15 plus years ago now, um, probably more than that, she can't remember, um, looking out of my window where I used to work in Southampton and knowing, well, pretty 90% sure that God was saying, there's something else for you. It's not this. Um, he's calling me to trust him uh, and to quit my job and to, to, to move out of the house I was living at the time. And I knew that meant I had to retrain I had to find money. I didn't know what to retrain as. Um, I thought I can't do it. Um, I'm not qualified. I won't have a career. I had all of these reasons why I didn't want to do it. Right? I was scared about living life in Plan B. You know, um, my choices were to ignore it and just muddle my way through it, um, or to trust God. And I believe, you know, I had a phone call at that time from Abby. I think some of you know the story anyway. But and and. She said 
pretty much the same thing. I really feel like God's saying you should go down this direction. And I am where I am today at Waypoint because of that choice to to go to God first, to have a faith first lifestyle. Don't do it all the time, so don't get me wrong. Um, but I wasn't let down then. And I believe that I won't be let down in the future as well. Um, and we see the similar thing, the similar kind of, uh, it's, it's echoed in the passage as well. For Daniel, faith first was a determined devotion to trust God at his word, despite everything that's gone around him, right? In verse 14, um, Arioch, who's the king's commander, who was sent by the king to kill Daniel, ends up explaining to Daniel what the problem was, okay? And then Daniel goes to the king. He ends up going and facing the fear. That's what faith does. It enables you to face the fear um, with certainty. It's not easy, but with certainty that God is bigger. And in that moment, he's facing the king. I don't know what you would do if you're being faced by the, the very reason that you were, that life was about to get even worse. But for Daniel, what he does is incredible because faith first living for him um, was about God, was about creating space. So he asks for patience, doesn't he? He asks for space. It wasn't so he could do a runner or he could go quickly look through his books and find a solution to the interpretation of this dream or go speak to the other wise people and kind of concoct some sort of plan or anything. It was not that because he was confident, not in even his own ability, but he was confident in God and in God's ability. Faith first living requires that patience. And in today's society, as we talked a little bit about, patience isn't necessarily particularly high up on our economy is it of living we live in a get the answer now kind of thing google kind of society and that's why i believe so often we, we scrabble around so quickly for our own answers to things but patience created space for daniel patience can create space for us it means god gets a look in i mean god gets to speak louder than anxiety louder than fear louder than the uncertainty now, even in your plan b's that can happen it wasn't just, by the way, breathing space for Daniel. He just wasn't asking, like I said, time to, to store, but it was what he was doing specifically in that space, in the patience of the king that enabled to change the situation, to change the narrative of what was about to happen. Daniel knew that God had something to say, something to share, something to reveal. So for Daniel, faith first meant patience and then it meant prayer. See, when life seems out of control and unsure, perhaps even monotonous, right? Do you seek God in it for answers? Do you create space to receive his comfort and to receive his peace? Or do you continue to go and strive for your own solutions, your own answers? Are there things you're prepared to be patient over in your plan B's? Sometimes I wonder how many circumstances may have been vastly different, um, fearful situations, unknown situations, um, anxious moments in my plan me's that could have looked very different if I'd just been patient, if I'd just waited, created space and pressed into the presence of God and sought him. Like Daniel, we can be confident that God has something to say in our plan B if we patiently press into prayer. What are your prayers like at the moment? Are they confident? 
Are they expectant? Are you actively seeking God's perspective? I've got an amazing verse I want to share with you from Hebrews. Uh, It's from Hebrews 4. Sorry if you missed that. It's from Hebrews 4, verses uh, 14 to 16. It says this. Uh, So then, since we as Christians have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Are those our prayers? Are they confident prayers in the throne room of God? Are you actively seeking God in plan B? Do you create space so you can have a faith first attitude? Or are you just treading water? What I really love about verse 17 in the passage, um, in the Daniel chapter 2 passage, is how he gets his mates involved. Um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Um, and I wondered, it made me think, do I, do I have people in my life that um, I pray for and pray with? And do people pray for and pray with me? Obviously, small group, you know, I've got a really good small group. We meet every week during lockdown uh, and we just really pray for each other, which is great. Um, and I love it. It's a really good way of connecting together and connecting with God and being in God's presence. And if you're thinking I'm not in a small group, I'm missing out. Yeah, you possibly are. Probably are. I'd love for you to contact us and we'll get you involved in a small group. Um, I'm also hearing some incredible stories of how the pastoral team, the prayer team are ringing around different people at church and praying for them as well. It's so good to have people in our lives that will pray for us, not just at formal things like small group, but also just in the conversation to press into God's presence together. It's such an important thing to do. Something else I want to add, and I hope it's not just interesting, I hope it might make some of you think uh, a little bit bigger when it comes to praying uh, in particular. And this is just um, something that I pulled out of this particular passage, this particular verse, in fact, verse 18, is that when Daniel was urging his friends to pray, he didn't ask his friends, please pray that King Nebuchadnezzar would show mercy on us or on me so that I don't lose my life. He prayed, let's pray for God's mercy. Let's pray for, in Hebrew, it's kind of more God's compassion, right? He knew that if he prayed that King Nebuchadnezzar would show mercy, it might save his life, but it certainly wouldn't change the situation because the king still wouldn't have an interpretation. His friends would still likely die, but they knew, he knew that if he sought God's mercy, He was so confident in God that if he sought God's mercy and God's compassion, that it has the power to change everything, right? And it does. You read on, don't you, later on in chapter two, if you haven't had a chance to do so, please do so. That it actually meant that Daniel's life was spared, the lives of his friends were spared, the lives of the otherwise people were were spared. And this is the kicker, I believe, that because Daniel sought God's revelation, he pressed into what God wanted to do in the situation, not just pray for his own situation, he actually was able to display the glory and the magnificence of God to King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, you see it at the end of that particular chapter. I know we haven't covered it, but you see that basically Nebuchadnezzar says, he, your God, Daniel, is the Lord of kings. He is the God of all other gods, right? It's incredible. Um, and so can I just encourage you, uh, if if you're used to kind of praying the same way or praying the same prayer or not used to praying, let's just be comfortable um, patiently praying for God's revelation in plan B or just in our lives 
generally um, and, and seeking his will for it and then praying into that. It takes time, it takes practice. And I'd love to talk to anyone who actually wants to develop that a bit more. But it's so important. I believe it's so important because it's then that things really shift and, and shape. The last thing I want to say um, is that um, faith first living uh, is about praise. It's about praise. It's about pointing to God, even in the plan B, okay, rather than yourself, okay, rather than just, oh, I sorted out the situation, oh, I've got something to do today, oh, I've got the answers for myself whilst I'm, I'm going through this right now, actually, it's still being able to point to God. I don't know if you've ever prayed for something and God's done something incredible, um, and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, and then you just get on with life, right? Um, Abby and I have had situations perhaps where we have just been weirdly, this is going to sound really bad, not underwhelmed by what God's done, but because God is incredible, right? And we should always expect that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But actually, it can be quite easy sometimes when you live in that reality to, to kind of continue just, well, of course, of course God's going to do it, right? But what I love about this is that when Daniel is revealed to, uh, sorry, when God reveals this um, dream to Daniel, Daniel doesn't run to the king and just go, um, look, I've sorted it out. Here's the interpretation. Daniel immediately worships God. He immediately worships God. The glory in which God shone into Daniel at that point was immediately given back to God. And Daniel gave God the glory. He was humble enough to say, this isn't about me. This is about you. I think that's incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible that a faith first life for Daniel in the plan B in that moment was that he gave glory to God. Now, that cannot always be easy, especially if when you're in difficult situations you don't feel like God is answering um, you or whatever there's an amazing there's an amazing word in in the Hebrew uh, one of the Hebrew worship words called taldar not tada taldar and it's this act of raising your hand in praise and worship for what God is going to do for something that you've not yet received and I think that is such an important practice to get into the strength of our worship is tested when times are hard. It's so important to be able to praise God still in the tough times because when we worship in tough times, it is an act of sacrifice. And um, I think that's just an incredible display of what it means to have faith first living in, in plan B. Daniel was humble. He was confident. He was patient. He was prayerful. And his faith, his faith first lifestyle ultimately led to the king praising Daniel's God. My prayer for each of, of you, for myself as well, is that whilst we're in plan B at the moment and when we face future plan Bs, we can have a faith first lifestyle. We can, we can be patient. Even when we're scrambling around and we think we need to get the answers and get a routine and, and look for different things to hang our security on, that we can be patient enough to press into God's presence in prayer that we can have that faith-first attitude uh, of actually worshipping God in our plan Bs. Um, that's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that um, in this time, and in many times before and in many times in the future, you are a faithful God. Lord, I pray for anyone right now who may be feeling that plan B is just too much, it's too, it's overwhelming. Lord, I pray that your power 
will break in. Your presence will be tangible. Your peace will fall on them and in them. Lord, I pray that uh, many of us will begin to press into your presence during this time. We won't just see it as a chance to get through plan B, just to hang on in. Sometimes that is important, but actually we'll look to you. We'll strategically plan time to be patient with you in your presence. Thank you, God, for what you will do. We believe that you are a God that can do anything. And we place our lives in your hands. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Um, hopefully see you soon. If you've got any questions or thoughts about today, um, or you want to get hooked into a small group, um, or you want to be part of a prayer uh, phone call, then uh, please do get in contact and we'd love to get you involved. Take care and uh, we'll continue with the series next week. Take care. Bye.